most of most of you, not all of you, but most of you have uh, been very gracious. You've been on this journey with me, um, with the um, home care for my papa bear, my daddy. And so I've, you've, you've heard all the stories and the saga of, you know, of having, you know, home care workers come and, and, and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, well, we've kissed a lot of, lot of toads before we got to our prince as far as going through home care workers that would, you know, really qualified and things of that nature. And so over the last two and a half years, we've, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've had some train wrecks and some misfires. And, and it's, it's been very frustrating, especially when you're, as some of you already know, you're paying mega bucks, you know, to, to, to have that go on. But, um. Uh, yesterday, Felicia and I were uh, on our way to um, to, to uh, have a meal with a fine couple in our church, and uh, I, I wanted to take a minute to, to reach out because yesterday was one of those train wrecks with my dad. I'm, um, as far as the, nobody showed, you know, nobody showed up, and uh, and so you have to go through the process, calling and. And um, if you check your attitude and all that kind of stuff as far as the office personnel who don't really give a rip. Uh, never, I mean, I, you, no, check your attitude, Mike. Uh, and, uh, or, I mean, whatever. It's, you know, what my mom would call a lick and a promise, you know, just check the box and not really, whatever. But it just, it, it, finally we got somebody there. But the guy that was supposed to show up, you know, was fairly new to us. And he's, you know, the weekend guy. The weekend crew is... It, it, that's that's just horrible in and of itself. It's just getting consistency there. And, but God, this guy sh- uh, came several weeks back, um, and his name's Braxton, and he's uh, uh, African American young man. is in his early twenties, and I mean, just full of energy and all this life and stuff. And I mean, he will talk to Daddy, and Daddy loves to have conversation. And and it's really clear that 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 Braxton has come through. You know, boy, he's come through the channels and and uh it's it's a very cl- i kind of suspect that you know he's chosen some alternative lifestyle as far as that but he is he is a great guy and we just we just really hit it off good and and and, and dad likes him and when dad likes him you know check check you know but it was braxton that didn't show up and so uh they, the the office was trying to get in touch with him you know and i tried to you know call him because i like him so much and and because uh, I didn't want him to fire him, you know, and I didn't want to find out what was going on. And and so, so finally, finally, you know, I called, you know, as, as we were, as we were driving last night and Braxton answered the phone. And, you know, and I just wanted to know what happened, you know, but it was very clear right off the bat. He was crying. He's crying. Braxton, Braxton. And so, you know, I had an agenda. Braxton, what happened? Let's fix this thing that happened, and let's get back to Papa Bear tomorrow morning, you know, where you're supposed to be. But he was crying. And, and I was going, are you okay? And, he, and he's crying. He's going, no, I'm not okay. And, and he just, I, he can't even really communicate with me. So it became very clear. You know, I, mean, I was just, I just like, I was trying to speak encouragement to him and just saying, listen, I care, we care, whatever's going on, you know that God's bigger than whatever's going on, and, da, da, and was just trying to, to minister to him, and, and then, I, and then uh, Felicia's punching me, and she said, shut up and pray for him, you know, and so, and so, and then I did, you know, I just prayed, and I said, promise me, Braxton, you know, don't do anything, you know, 
I, I wish I were down there. I'm not. But just call me. Call me. You know, before you do 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 anything. And um, but if you can at all, you know, I said go down. I mean, just drive down to our house, spend the night. You know, you know, we got beds and you know with with that. Even though there's somebody with him. Um, the bottom line is, you know, I had an agenda. I was wanting to get this thing rectified and remedied, you know, because for, for my family and for my dad. And, and all of a sudden, it became apparent that that was different. And, and so it, it, that he needed, he needed uh, the love of Jesus. He, he needed, I don't know, I don't know, but it, I'm concerned, I'm concerned. Pray for Braxton, okay? And you're going, what are you, why are you telling us this story, Mike? To, uh, pat yourself on the back? No. Because, again, I had an agenda. Simply put, it was, it was you know, the Lord kind of hits us over the head sometimes. It was, it's Christ in me and any good. Listen, there's nothing good in any of us apart from him. He says there's no good thing. Paul says there's no good thing in me and that is in my flesh. But it's Christ in us that, that is willing to pivot. And, and I, think, I think that that, one, that that conversation last night, it was, it's just a simple and subtle reminder that it's not about me. You know, when it comes to being a father, it's not about me. And it's not about you. But, but God wants to use me and you to lavish his love and his hope and his healing on broken people. Even when we've got things to accomplish and we have our own needs that need to be met. And see, it's often that, that, that this happens in the most unlikely time, most unlikely situation, at the most inconvenient time. God says, I want you to love them as I've loved you. Instead of giving them a piece of your mind and getting them straightened out, you give them me. You give them my love. We're in week three of our deep dive into 1 Corinthians 19 uh, through 27. So if you've got a Bible, grab it and open it up to there. And if you don't, there's some Bibles on the, on the little table in the, in the back of the auditorium here. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, week three, all things to all people. And the principle that we've been looking at as, as a body of Christ, the principle that we've, we've been looking at is this, if, is, is this reality, if we, if I love Jesus, and if I love people like Jesus, then I will abandon my preferences, my traditions, my comforts, my rights, my freedoms, in order to demonstrate that person's value, in order to establish rapport, in order to bless those people who are without Christ specifically and those that I encounter generally. That's the principle. That's what we're looking at. This is, this is Paul saying to us, listen, follow me, imitate me as I have imitated Christ. I'm imitating him, you imitate me. And we see, we see this example of how God it wants us to live our lives. And this selfless, not selfish fellowship of Jesus Christ. 
in a culture that is totally oriented to selfishness, being self-absorbed. It's all about me and my wants and my preferences and my rights and my freedoms. We see that what Christ, what Christ has called us to is something radically different. It's following him. And Paul gives us this example again. So read along with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning with verse 19. Now, we've read this two Sundays in a row, but we're going we're gonna to tag on a few more verses, 24 through 27. God's word to us. Paul says, though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law became like those under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this, I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown. A crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself might not be disqualified for the prize. It's God's word for us today. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for how you continue to pour out your love and your presence on us. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. Lord Jesus, uh, we honor you today. Uh, we open our ears and our hearts and our minds to receive your word to us. And our desire is that as a result of your prompting and your leadership, that we would be doers of your word and that, like Paul, we would share in the blessings of being a follower of yours. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, now let me be very quick to point out that in, in this particular passage, you know, that very last verse, he says, you know, I do this so that I will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, he's not talking about salvation here, okay? So he's not talking about, oh, I'm going to lose my salvation. That's not what he's, he's saying, you know, I, we're, ta we're talking about this reward of, of, of experiencing the blessings of, of God as he's working in my life now and being able to enjoy him forever and ever and ever and the rewards that we'll have with him in eternity. And uh, he's saying, you know, this is, this is the reason for that. Um, but in, as we began this, remember, we, we see that Paul is, is talking to the Corinthian church about you know, what it really means to follow Christ. I mean, you, you know, like us, the Corinthians often were, you know, just said, tell me the ruse. Give me, you know, give me the bumper guards, you know, down the, the lane, you know, for bowling. So, you know, so I, I, I know which way to go. You know, and, and it's not about that. It's, it's about... He's saying it's, it's not about following a bunch of rules. It's not about religion. It's not about all that kind of stuff. It's about a relationship 
that comes as a result of our encounter with God through Jesus Christ. And when he comes into our life now, we are free. And he says, I am a free man. I am free. I'm free from so much junk. And that's, that's the beauty of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. He frees us from condemnation. He frees us from guilt. He frees us from the, 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 the shackles of our past. Our past no longer defines us. You know, and he frees us from so much. He frees us from, from the control of other people, of living just to be a people pleaser. He frees us. We're just free from so much, and it's so beautiful. But Paul is talking, you know, that it's much more than that. He said, not only am I free from this, but to be free from this means that now I am free for something. And unfortunately, sometimes, because we're, we, we, we in America, you know, we, we're in this consumeristic uh, world that we live in. You know, we say, well, well, I'm free to be me. You know, I'm free to do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, and where I want to do it. And you're not going to tell me what I can and can't do and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm free to discover me. You know, and what's so sad is that, you know, more and more our culture says, just look within, look within to find yourself and your identity. How sad. The beautiful thing is, is that Jesus says, all you got to do is receive your identity. And I'm offering it to you. To be a child of the king, to be free, to be liberated, and to have purpose and meaning and hope and joy in your life, no matter the circumstances that come your way. It's an amazing thing. But Paul is saying, man, I am free, but I'm free from this stuff, and I'm free from men and their control, but I'm free for something. Last week, we, we gave the um, definition of freedom as this. Freedom is the power to be what you are made to be. That's what real freedom is, to, be, to have the power to be what you're really made to be. Like an eagle made to soar, like a bird's made to sing, dolphins made to jump and leap out of the ocean. What is it that we're made to be? Well, God is very clear that you and I are made to love God and to love people. That's, that's, that's what Jesus lays out for us. He says, I want you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I want you to love people. And many times Jesus, as he served some people that were undeserving of that service, he said, now, this is a demonstration of love. I want you to love one another and love others as I have loved you. Think about that. How has Jesus loved you? As we come to this particular passage, this is what Paul is saying. He said, you know, I'm free from this so that I can be free for what God created me for, to love him and to love people. And it's in this particular passage that he just kind of zeroes in and he says, and, and I really break this that thing down now in, in just two, two brackets. He's talking about the will, uh, to will to love people and to serve God, and the skill. There's a will and then there's a skill. Uh, in verse 20, this is what he's saying. I, we see that he's, this will has made this decision. Verse 20, I have made myself a slave to everyone. That's radical. Think about it. I have made myself, you know, and, and you know, and when Paul is using these words and choosing these words, he knows that the audience understands slavery. Perhaps most of the people in his context right there, you know, there were probably more slaves than there were free people. He said, I have made myself a slave, one that I don't, I, I, can't, 
I don't have preferences. I don't have traditions, comforts, rights, and all that kind of stuff. There's not options out there. A slave, there's, there's no input. He said, but I've made myself a slave to everyone to win more for Jesus. So there's something in his fellowship, in his relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ that has compelled him. To, he said, I, I am compelled. I am passionate. I am sold out to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people. People red, yellow, black, and white. All people from all customs and all backgrounds and all languages. I am passionate and sold out about this. And why is that? Because it was very clear for Paul that he knows that everyone without Christ, they are desperate and they are doomed. It's just like a hamster cage just running around, turning the thing around and around and around and thinking you're getting somewhere, but you're not. God created us for relationship and it's only through Jesus Christ, not through religion, uh, not, not through any of that stuff. It's through Jesus, the personal encounter and relationship with him. And, you know, again, several times Paul says, listen, I want you to imitate me as I've imitated Jesus. And in this particular passage, he's saying, I want you to see, to see what's going on here. I've given up my preferences. I've given up my traditions, my comforts, my rights, my freedoms. So that I can enter their world. Experience life from their point of view. I'm going to win their ears before I try to win their heart. See, here's what happens a lot of times. We know we need to tell people. I mean, I mean, if you've got the cure for every, you know, the the ultimate the ultimate sickness that leads to death, you you you're going you're compelled to tell that. We we know that. But but so often, you know, it's like we just kind of pop out there and just say, you know, turn and burn. And then come back in. You know, Jesus saves, come back in. No, what he's saying here is, no, 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 it is a process. It is, it is a process and it is a choice that you make to say, I will enter their world. I want to I gain their ears. I want to win their ears before I can win their heart. I like the way somebody put it that way. <laughs> before we're going to be able to there and win their heart, we've got to win their ears. We've got to say, uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm getting a little bit of where you're coming from. I'm understanding your world and your perspective and all of that. Paul says, I'm sold out. You know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm sold out to this. So a really good question for us, as we've been on this journey with God, you know, spending months, you know, cleaning up and getting right and getting the barnacles off and all of this to say, God, I, I am free to be what you made me for, and that is to be an ambassador of yours. Now, that, that's, that's primary, my primary identity, a child of yours, then therefore an ambassador of yours, and, and, and all this other stuff that I'm able to do here on earth is, is, is the, my side business. A good question for us is, is this, Lord, do I really, really care about those people out there? I, I challenge you to ask that in the course of the, do I really, really care? You know, we all know we ought to care, but we don't do what we ought to. We do what we value. Think about it. I don't, I don't, I don't you know, it's like we do what we value. Do I really care? And, and honestly, if, if some of us are, may come down and say, yeah, 
care, but I, not really, not, not, not like this. I mean, if I can, you know, throw them a bone or invite them to church or, you know, tell them Jesus loves them in passing while I am uh, accomplishing my agenda and my pleasures and my preferences and my traditions and all of that stuff. I mean, if I can just throw them a bone in the in front. Yeah. But as far as stopping, pivoting, adapting, See, here's a litmus test. We talked about this six months ago when we were talking about what it really means to be a true follower of Christ. There's a lot of professing Christians. We remember the, remember the stat. Billy Graham says, hey, unfortunately, he goes, I think that about 75% of the people that go to church are not true believers. They won't be in heaven. W.A. Criswell upped it, and he said 80%. That's sobering. That's sobering. But the truth and the reality is that sometimes it's just custom. I mean, we just do. You know, there's a lot of things that we do just because that's been our culture and our custom and the experiences. But as far as a true encounter with a living God that transforms us, that's a radically different thing. But it's in that fellowship of Jesus Christ, one of the, one of the aspects of, a, you know, a true follower of Christ, a true follower of Christ. Y'all remember these sheets? Anybody got, still got your sheet in your Bible? I keep mine in there, and I look at this every now and then as a reminder. It says right here, as a disciple of Christ, I must pass on the good news. I'm, I am compelled to pass on the good news of Jesus Christ. If Jesus is truly in me, certainly I will be passionate about people and their need for Jesus and their need in general. All of a sudden... Instead of me just going, okay, zip it, stop crying, we got to talk some business here. I mean, I feel bad about what's going on, but you owe me a couple of days. Do you understand? It, it, we will be passionate about people willing to adapt, not compromise. Not compromise. Paul is very clear in this that he never, never compromises being a true follower of Christ. He was obedient in all that he did, but there's a lot of non-essentials that we make essential. There's a lot of things that are negotiable that we think are non-negotiable. And sometimes that's a result that we're following tradition of men rather than God. So how do we get the will? Okay, you honestly, you some of some of them say, "Man, I am passionate about people, man. I'll dro I'll, I'll drop what I'm doing, you know, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to be a good steward of what God's given me. I know I got to go to work, and the boss has fired me, da da da. But I mean, I, I listen. I've got margin in my life, and I and I will enter their world. I've got the will, but some of us are going. Well, I'm I'm not there. If you're honest, say, Mike, I am not there. I wish the best for them, but I'm not changing a thing. I've got my life kind of, I'm not, or maybe I might. How do we really get the will? If, you're, if, you, if you really want to know, what, to have the heart of Jesus Christ, how do you get that will? How do we do that? 
this in this passage, if you've got your Bible want to turn there, I'm going to be reading from the Amplified, but it's what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Here's a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. He says, So then, my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation. That is to cultivate it, bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity. Continue to work out your salvation with awe-inspired fear and trembling. Using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Jesus. For it is not your strength. But it is God who is effectively at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose. You get that? Wow. How do I get this will? How do I, how do I get this will? Because see, we've, you've prayed it. I know you have. We all have. Thy kingdom come. Thy what? Is there anybody here that's never prayed that prayer? We pray it. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. We acknowledge that it is all God. It, it, and we say, God, it's not, it's not about me. It's not about me muscling up, pulling myself up by the bootstraps, the power of positive thinking. You know my Grady way of always saying this verse, right? <laughs> God gives me the want to to do what he wants me to do. That's the paraphrase. That's the great paraphrase. That's what he's saying in verse 13. God gives me the want to to do what he wants me to do. That's what he's saying right there. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you both to will, want to, and to do for his good pleasure. So where does this come from? It comes from us. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Humbly. Humbly asking God. Acknowledging God, it's you. It's you. It's not me. It's you. Maybe, maybe, your, maybe your prayer today as you leave here is, is just honestly, Lord, give me the want to. <laughs> give me the want to to do what it is you want me to do. Because right now I don't have it. And if we're not willing to be honest with him, we're not going to get anywhere because it, it, truth is what sets us free. Truth about ourselves and truth about who he is. And, and so, really this passage is saying, work out what God has worked in. That's how we get to this place that we have the will, like the, the, like the Apostle Paul, to say, okay. All right, world, you messed up. All right, world, there's some crazy out there, me included. But I'm going to be the ambassador that God's called me to be. I'm going to be a children, child of the light. So it's will. Now skill. Verses 24 through 27. Let's look at that again. He says, 
Now, he's talking about entering that world. He said, now, let's look at what it's going to take for you to do that. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So, you know, he's talking to these folks, and they understood, you know, they understood, they, you know, the, the games, uh, the, the Olympic games, the Greek games, all this stuff, and, and uh, all this competing and things, athletes are all that kind of stuff. And, and he goes, now, they, they are, they're running to gain this crown, you know, that's going to, you know, it's, it's just going to fade away in just in weeks at most. But what we're doing, this is eternal. This is eternal. It will never fade away. And he says, now think about it. Let's just get practical here. You think about, you know, you're a child of God living uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ. Now we're talking about something, you know, that's, that's paramount in your life. You're a, that's who you are, a child of God. Now think about these athletes over here. You've seen that. You know what's going on. There is so much discipline. They have to train. And it really comes down to saying there's, there's just this discipline and self-control. Discipline. Gosh, I say that one more time. I'm just going to pass out. It, you know, it, that just makes me tired thinking about this. I don't know about you. Discipline and self-control. And then he goes on to say, you know, if you're doing that, you're not going to be, you're not going to be like, a runner that's running aimlessly. He said, I do not fight like a man beating the air or a man that's shadow boxing. I don't know about you, but quite honestly, I could lead a class in shadow boxing. You know, and I, probably running aimlessly, I just don't like the running part. There's a few of you guys out there, and, and you're not my friends, but... There's a few of you people out there that you you just got this self-control. You've got this discipline that is just off the charts. Honestly, I kind of admire it, but I still don't like you. But um, he's saying this is, this is what it requires. I mean, there's this ruthless intentionality in your life. He said... This ain't happening if you're just kind of running around doing aimlessly and, you know, oh, here like a, like a hummingbird going from here to there, not, not really clear. But he says, what I'm talking about, he said, to run to win, it is ruthless. Everything is so strict and intentional. It is, there's this brain-numbing repetition. Running to win affects what you eat and what you don't eat, how you spend your time, what you think about, where, what you study, where you go, how much you sleep. I mean, it, 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 I mean, for those of you that's, you know, meddled a little bit in athletics of some type, you know. You know. If we're honest, I think that maybe many, many of us would say, well, you know, Mike, that's not me. I'm not like Paul. I am not that disciplined. I, I just don't have that kind of self-control. 
but listen, before you start drumming up your excuse, wh which way the, which by the way makes perfect sense to you <laughs> and me, when we start making these excuses, I want you to check out what Paul says in verse 27. Look back at 20, verse 27. No, I beat my body and I make it a slave. What he's saying there, he says, like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave. What Paul is pointing out for us, and hopefully this will be a little bit of encouragement to you, he's saying my opposition to doing all this, what's standing squarely in the way of this victory, he said, it's me. <laughs> Myself. My flesh, my preferences, my rights, my freedoms, my comforts. He says, but I'm not going to let me stand in the way. I'm, I'm going to strictly discipline my body and make it a slave to God. And the reality is this, guys. We all are slaves to something. We are all slaves to something. And, God, and Paul said, let's make it for that which lasts. For the honor and glory of God for that for which I was created. So in order for us to run to win, for us to enter their world, to experience life from their point of view, so that more and more people can experience the love and the healing and the hope and the peace and the joy of Christ. It, it, it really comes back down to where it always comes back down. We surrender. We surrender to God. We acknowledge again. It's not about me. What I bring to the table. It's all about him. And what he has done for me and in me. It's about working out what he's worked in. We have to believe that. We have to acknowledge that. He has worked that into you. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we say, I'm not that disciplined. I'm not that self-controlled. What has he worked into you, quite honestly? What has he worked into you? If you're a child of God, what has he worked into me? Well, his very life. We flip back over and, uh, over and look at the fruit of the Spirit. Well, he's worked in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and what? Oh, are you kidding me? Self-control, you do have that. Now he's saying, work it out. You've got it. It's the power of the Holy That's the reason we've got to be so thankful so grateful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's your job. And I've been putting it on me. And, I, and, my, and I've been living my life in such a way as like, uh, you know, just average. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He said, believe me. If you, if you abide in my teachings, if you look here, you will know the truth. And the truth will what? Set you free. This right here, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 19 through 27, is a picture of you, child of God. 
It's a picture of you. It's a picture of me. And what God is reminding us of again for the third time, own it. Own it. And the next time you run across your Braxton, pivot. Enter their world. So that they can experience the hope and the healing and the love and the forgiveness that Jesus alone brings. Let's pray. Father God. Wow, what a beautiful invitation you've given us. Thank you. Thank you for for your being so long-suffering for relentlessly and our stubbornness and, and our selfishness and all that to, to, to grab us, you know, get your hands and get our cheeks and the palms of your hand and, 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 and turn our attention to you and say, no, no, let me, let, me, let me speak truth to you. Let me remind you of who you truly are and your purpose. Father, thank you that today is another opportunity for us to be free to what you've created us to be. I pray you help us make the adjustments. I'm going to ask the, our prayers. Anybody that you know, just wants to come up here and pray but also be available to pray with someone else because right now I just want us to spend a few moments. There's going to be um, play it lightly. There's going to be a song playing in the back and is acknowledging Father, <laughs> Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's that's who's here right now. But I, I, I want to I want to invite you and challenge you to respond to what God has has really prompted you to do today. And for some of you, it may be you're, you're not certain about whether or not you're a child of God. Don't let another day pass without becoming. A follower of his. He loves you. For others of you, um, uh, it may be just coming and humbly praying, Lord, Lord Jesus, give me the will. Give me the will to, to do this. To follow you in this because this is where you are. This is where you're leading. Give me the will. Give me the want to. I'm asking you. He said you have not because you ask not. Also, um, just it may be that as you're coming in as Lord, you know, I've got the will, but I've just felt it. I just, I, I didn't know that I had the skills, but I do. And all I have to do is, is to let you lead and to continue to, to, to work in and through my life as we are iron sharpening iron with one another. As we do groups together, as we do life together, as we share stories together, and as your spirit works within us. We're going to dedicate and offer and surrender this time to the Lord. So would you just... Uh, Respond as God's leading you. If you want to pray about this, want to talk to somebody, you come on. If you need a hug, come on. If you need encouragement, if you need hope, 
This is an opportunity for us to, to do business with God for his glory and for our good.